Ever since I was ordained, this feast has always been on the Sunday between Christmas and New Year's, or the first Sunday following Christmas. And I thought maybe it was that way always. What I found out was it actually wasn't made a feast until 1893, the same year this church was built. So it's 125 years ago that this feast came into existence. And it wasn't until 1969 that it actually became established on this Sunday. So Father Bob actually had it in a year in 68 when he was ordained uh, before it was actually on this particular Sunday. But for my, my time in 73, it's been this all the way. For me, it seems to always have been but always seemed very appropriate to be this Sunday because Jesus came into the world through a family. And you recognizing the sacredness of every family. Whatever the difficulties and struggles are in your family, your family is truly a holy place. It's a place where God is dwelling in the midst and where that second reading talks about we need all these various things and be this way for family to survive, though all of those things are very vital and necessary. So if your family is still a family, somehow you've managed to incorporate that and bring that into the family life. So I just want to say congratulations. <laughs> I think in the story, you, you have to really remember in the story that Jesus was a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> I was looking to see if we had any 12-year-old boys here, and I didn't see any, because I was going to ask the 12-year-old boy some various questions. Like, you know, when you don't tell your mom and dad something, why don't you tell them? And I was just wondering what answers I would get but probably most likely because they might say no. <laughs> and so in the gospel today, Jesus had to deliberately not tell his parents that he was staying back, where he wanted to stay back, because they might have said no. But he had to have made a decision, unless he was just totally absent-minded and just never even gave it a thought, which could also be a 12-year-old boy. Um, you see, Nazareth, where they had come from and where they're going to, was 80 miles away. It would take four days, 20 miles a day, take four days to get there. And so the journey back was another four days back. Um, clearly, Jesus, as a boy, wasn't thinking much about it. You know, what he had on his mind, what he was thinking about was what preoccupied him. And he had no thought about how it was going to affect his parents or what they might have thought or might have given them difficulty or, or struggle um, because after all, he knew where he was. Why should the parents worry? <laughs> I don't think a 12-year-old boy ever worries about their parents worrying. They just worry about what can they do and what, what seems good at this time or seems fun at this time, that's what a 12-year-old boy does. But also if we look at the story of Mary and Joseph, 
You know, when they're traveling along in that caravan, the caravans were necessary because it was kind of a dangerous road. In fact, there were a lot of robberies, a lot of, that's the road that the, uh, the Good Samaritan, you know, took care of the, the man who had fell among the robbers. Okay, that's the road from Jerusalem to Jericho and Jericho then up to Nazareth. Um, so they probably, you know, just assumed that he was with his friends. Again, what 12-year-old boy wants to hang out with his parents? <laughs> At that age, they want to hang out with their friends who are other 12-year-old boys. And what can 12-year-old boys get into? Just about anything. So anyway, that's Mary and Joseph would have just assumed he was with them. And when they began to realize they hadn't seen him, he didn't come in for lunch. And it's like, okay, what's happening? Uh, why isn't he here? I know he's hungry because every 12-year-old boy has a hollow leg for food. Um, they're always hungry. Um, that's a 12-year-old. And so when they couldn't find him, they started looking around the caravan and no one had seen him, even his friends hadn't seen him. And uh, then they began to really worry. So did they head back at night or did they wait till the next morning and head back? But it said they searched for them in Jerusalem, for him three days in Jerusalem. What was that like for Mary and Joseph? Um, that first day when they searched probably from sun up to sundown until there was no more light to be able to see anything by and they still hadn't found him. Do you think they ate? Do you think they slept? I doubt it. And the next morning they got up, they only went to bed because they couldn't see anything at that time of night. So they had to wait till the sunlight came the next morning and searched another whole day and not finding him. And then another sleepless night, just worried. I wonder when they started not blaming each other, but started blaming themselves. If only I had done this, maybe I should have done this. Why didn't I do this? I don't see Mary and Joseph blaming the other for it. Well, it's your fault, it's your fault. But I do see themselves really kind of questioning themselves and, you know, what kind of parents are we that you know, we didn't look after our child, or we only, they only had one to look after. <clears throat> so, uh, they way, anyway, they probably very much being very critical of themselves and just saying, if only, if only I'd done this, if only we'd done that, if only. And anyway, <clears throat> then the third, <clears throat> the third day, they said they searched for him. It was probably late in the afternoon, I was thinking, or not quite night or evening. And they, what happened, just guessing, hypothesizing, they probably heard his voice coming out of the temple and they, every parent recognizes their children's voice. Um, from the little tiniest age on up, you know their voice. So Mary and Joseph would have heard that voice just coming through, but probably a voice with plenty of confidence, a voice with a lot of self-assurance, and it's like, that's him. <laughs> they, they knew him and knew his voice. And so when they come into the temple and see him there with all the teachers, Mary, was she relieved? 
or was she upset with him? <laughs> you know, which was she relieved? Can you have both of those emotions at the same time? <laughs> you know, where you're so relieved he's alive and then you want to kill him on the other hand? <laughs> Just like, and then saying, why have you done this to your father and I? And he says, well, didn't you know? <laughs> Didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? This is what, you know, that voice that I was feeling inside, the guiding and leading me, I just had to respond to that voice. It's like, and it said, Mary didn't understand, and Joseph did not understand his reply, nor did Jesus understand why they were all worried or all concerned. Um, and that's kind of family if you have a 12-year-old son. So those of you who've been through that, I think it's probably pretty close. <laughs> but realize that the context. But the gospel ends with he grew in age and grace and wisdom. Um, every child has to grow up. Every child has to learn and often learn from a lot of mistakes. Um, I like to say to parents, if your child's still alive, the last chapter of their life is not yet written, is still unfolding. And they had to separate themselves at some time from you. They may have done it in different ways and it may have been difficult, but they almost had to do that in order to grow into maturity. And I don't know if it's at the age of 12, but I think every boy at some point in time begins to want to leave home, to get away from home, to get out of home. And when they are mature enough, when they've grown in wisdom and greater understanding, then they will leave home and need to leave home. But hopefully because of the home environment They've also learned to listen to the voice of God within them. And so the parents don't have to, in a way, make that happen. They don't have to protect them as they move into adulthood. Because if they learn to listen to God's voice to lead and guide them, they know within what is right, what is wrong, what is good, what isn't. They know that. Um, but if they've never been given the opportunity to learn that, then they will struggle making a lot of mistakes along the way because they may more be rebelling against the parent than actually making the decisions from within. So your prayer for your children, you know, if they've left home, you know, you can only give them advice or direction if they ask. Uh, whatever they're going to, to do, they either had to learn or still struggling to find out. But if they ask, then you can give them the wisdom that you have. Um, so keep them and hold them in your heart. When I, I may have said this, uh, when I was on campus, a lot of parents would say, I'm not sure about my son or daughter, whether they're practicing or not. And sometimes it was real obvious when the, uh, 
the student would come with his parents and, oh, I'd like you to meet my parents. It's like, well, I don't think I've met you yet. <laughs> but they would try to cover that by pretending that they knew the priest. Um, and then, but what I would tell the parents when they would say, you know, I'm really concerned, my son or daughter, I'm not sure they practice or where they are with their faith. I said, here's what I want to ask you. One, do you hold your son or your daughter in your heart? Okay. Do you hold your heart close to our Lord? If you hold them in your heart and your heart is close to the Lord, they can't be very far away from him. Okay. So God bless all of you. And even through whatever struggles and part of the journey were, I am sure in some way the grace of God was working in the midst in your family. They may not have made the choices and decisions that you wanted them to make or that you would have made, but they have to follow that course of that voice within to respond to that will of God. And sometimes it takes a while to discover it, but I'll say one thing, my experience with the voice of God is he is very persistent. God never gives up on any of us. God bless you and bless your families.